Welcome to The Vow, Voice of Women. Our mission has always been about empowering women through the sharing of real-life stories. When women create a community through the journey of sharing, we gain empathy, forgiveness, and perspective. We encourage you to open your heart to receive today's story. today with Caitlin Duvall. Caitlin, welcome. Thank you for having me, Tanya. So I know this is kind of a big day for you because you are a very private person and I have been wanting you uh, on our podcast for quite some time. (laughs) And uh, the first go around, I knew that you weren't quite ready. And then a mutual friend of ours, Miss Ashley, said, I think you might want to chat with Caitlin again. I can thank her for this. (laughs) You totally can. It's your fault, Ashley. (laughs) And But your story is just really beautiful, and I really think that um, it's going to resonate with some of our listeners, that you're going to give hope to some of our listeners, and it's just a beautiful story of taking motherhood into your own hands. And Caitlin's been a realtor for uh, just over eight years now uh, with the same brokerage that I'm with at REMAX Central. And um, uh, many years ago, uh, well, not many years ago, probably four to five years ago, um, I think, you know, you decided to take motherhood into your own hands. And so let's start. Do you remember how old you were when you knew that you wanted to be a mother? I, I've always had a maternal bone in my body. I loved babysitting when I was younger. I nannied for a family. I've always felt that kind of motherly instinct. And then the older I got, I thought, maybe I can have a life without kids. And then I turned about 32 and thought, no, I definitely want this for for myself. Um, But I I didn't have a partner at that point. So that's kind of a major piece to having kids. So, I mean, early 30s probably. Okay. And so did you ever get, like, were you ever in relationships that you were close to saying, I might, you know, be able to see this person fathering my children? Or did you just never get there with a guy? No. And that's a great question. No, I've never felt that with anybody. Not that I didn't want it, um, but I've never met anybody that I thought, you know what, I could see myself, because that's a lifelong, yes. not just 18 years, that's a lifelong commitment. Um, I, I never felt that. And so it, it kind of got me thinking, what are my options here? If I know that I want kids, I, I do want a partner. I still want a partner. It's not that. It's just that the window for women closes at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So I thought I got to start looking into this, and that was around 32. Um, and I, you know, thought we'll start exploring the options at, at that point. So I don't know, early 30s is when I really started to consider this. It was a thought. It not, was a thought. <laughs> it was a thought. <laughs> okay, so okay, so it's a thought, and then. What's the next step? Like, are you just Googling online, like, you know, how to become a mother on your own without a man and, <laughs> and like, you know, ways to get pregnant? Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a multitude of ways, I guess. Um, you know, I don't remember how I came across it. I think it's, it's out there. People know that you can have, whether you're in a relationship or not, some people need help with fertility. And I thought... I'll explore this a bit further. And so I talked, you need a referral from your family doctor. So I started there and uh, she said, well, you're a little young. And I Mm. thought maybe, but this could take a long time. Or maybe I look into it and I decide this isn't for me. Or maybe while I'm looking into it, I meet somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I don't know exactly. I didn't Google how to become a mom, <laughs> but um, I think I just started to look at different options and open up my mind to that. Can you share with our listeners um, maybe some of the motions that you went through to get to a place where you thought, I am strong enough to mother a child on my own? Sometimes I still wonder if that <laughs> every day. Um, yeah, you have to be confident in yourself and your abilities and know that nobody is coming to save you in the middle of the night. That is on you 100%. Um, but the emotional part of it, I think, was you just know. There was just a part of me that knew I wanted this, and so it was more about the logistics of it than it was the emotional part because that, that I just knew it. I just felt it. Um, thinking about how to get there uh, and know that I could do it was was another piece. I think you need to, you know, you've got to have a good support system. You have to kind of take, take a leap of faith in yourself, um, knowing that it's going to, there's going to be hard days, but that's any mom. Yes, whether, whether you have a partner a, or not. Yeah, and yeah. that's, I think, taking on motherhood is hard in any situation or can be and it can be challenging but it's it's something so rewarding that um those days are you kind of forget about them Mm -hmm. after they've passed um but to do it on your own I don't know it it just kind of made sense to me at that time and so let's talk about your support because I know your Mm -hmm. mom has been a big support massive yeah, yeah massive support and so do you think that if you weren't close with your mom or your mom wasn't here that it would have been something that you would have strongly considered at that time or do you think that having her such strong support was a big factor it's a major factor for sure for me um could I have done it without her I don't know I mean I rely heavily on her to for advice just she's like my other person yeah. uh, in my life but um, you need to have a good support system would I have done it without her I don't know maybe um, but she it was a conversation I had with her because mm-hmm. she was gonna have to be a big part of this um, and was she fully supportive? Yeah, yeah, she, she was. was yeah. She wanted you to be yeah. a mom. My very Catholic grandma uh, <laughs> thought a little differently, but uh, she's come around too. So, I'm sure she has. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so where did that process start for you? So you start, uh, like I said, you go to your family doctor is a great place to start. They can refer you to the regional fertility clinic here in Calgary. Um, it takes a bit to get in there. Uh, once you do, they run you through basic tests, and then you see the doctor about which course of action is right mm-hmm. for you, depending on your health and and all of those things. And then, so is it, I have to ask this, mm-hmm. is it like in the movies <laughs> where you go into the clinic and you open up a book of donors and pick one based on, you know, their medical history, their age, their looks? Like, I picture this book, like this binder <laughs> of men and... Like, how um, does this work? It's not quite like that, okay. but but close. <laughs> I mean, I refer to more as um, people, because I do get that question. Yeah. It, auto trader. Okay. So you plunk in, like, make, model, year kind yeah. of thing. Uh, you can pick all sorts of things. So race, ethnicity, religion is on there, which I thought was an interesting, interesting. one. It's not a genetic yeah. characteristics. But anyways, um, eye color, height, all sorts of things you can plunk in there. Now... 
you you know put your ideal in and maybe back up from there but uh it's like the big book on the internet i guess wow. and there's different banks that you can go to yeah. and different all sorts of different stuff so education education is, yeah yeah wow. and so what was like when you're going through this like a lot must be running through your mind because it is a big decision you're doing this on your own this is the the sperm donor that is going to have influence on the baby that comes out of you. He's a second part of the equation. So when you're making these decisions, like what's going through your mind? It's weird. Yeah. It's weird to, yeah. to put it bluntly. Um, and that was a bit of a delay for me in the process because I couldn't really wrap my head around picking this person, a donor ID number, whatever. But once you get past that this is not a, per- a person in your life, this is a, a genetic material that you need to you know, move forward with what your plans are, it makes it easier. It's, it's a weird process, but when you kind of get over that initial, for me anyways, um, initial part, it's much easier. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter who this person is. That's right. It doesn't matter, any of these things. They are not the father, yeah. they are the donor. Yeah, that's and right. Like, my daughter has red hair, the donor did not. I, that was a complete surprise on mine. So, I don't know. Did you have red hair as a child? No, my mom does. Oh, your mom yeah, does. Yeah, mom does. Yeah. yeah. So and the genes are thick in that. <laughs> the genes are thick. And I thought there's no way this baby comes out with red hair. Surprise! <laughs> surprise! Surprise! And so you had your first daughter three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And you are pregnant. I am. With your second. Very much, yes. And when is your due date? I'm mid-September. And so is it the same donor? It is. It is. And is that... For do you know like other women that have had two or three babies this way? Would that be common practice to use the same donor so they're genetically, you know? You can, yeah. So depending on how you go about it, like if you were to do IVF, you would use the same donor for fertilizing a bunch of eggs. Um, you can use different donor. I mean, if you run out of donor sperm while trying, you can opt for another one. Um, it just depends on. Everybody's situation is a little different. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of mine having the same donor, but it wouldn't have, you know, been a deal breaker for me. Yeah. yeah. No, and I probably, like, just reflecting on that question, I'd probably feel the same, that I'd want my daughters to have the yeah. the same, you know, the same mother and the same sperm. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they're probably going to look. And who knows? Maybe they look the same. Maybe they don't look your, your daughter's. But I don't look, anything, I don't look like. anything alike. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think sometimes it's funny because our... Our previous nanny was blonde hair and blue eyes. And when Ruby went places with her, everyone thought it was her daughter because I'm hazel eyes and brown hair. And so Ophelia looks like me. Very much And Ruby looks like Chad's side. Like like she looks identical to her grandma. So you're so right. I mean, just because they're the same genes doesn't mean they're going to look the same. The idea of it is nice, though. Yeah. 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 So would your children ever have the opportunity to meet the donor if they wish? And how, how does this work? So there's different... Um, when you're selecting your donor, there's open donor, there's closed donors. So open donor, your the the child can reach out to the donor at the age of 18. A closed donor, they don't have that option. So it just depends on what you choose to do and um, kind of what that setup is. I don't know if I am hoping that my daughters are just happy and secure and the life that they have, that they're comfortable with just this is what it was. But I also understand if they 
wanted to know more. A curiosity, right? That where did I come from story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you choose the open donor option? I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, my brother's adopted. And uh, many, many years ago, he sought out to find his uh, biological parents. It wasn't because he wanted a relationship with them, so to speak. It was because of more medical mm-hmm. aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you'd probably already have that information, you know, based on you being yeah. able to choose, you know, the donor. But, you know, my brother didn't, didn't know any of that. Right. And he ended up finding his biological parents, and they actually lived in Alberta, not that far away. Yeah, I know. And and again, it was kind of like, I found them and that's good. Yeah. I have my parents. They raised me. They love me. Yeah. And I love them. Wasn't looking for a family. No, yeah. was not looking for a family. Maybe just some, some more med- medical type answers. Yeah. And I know, um, so you meet with a psychologist at the, at the clinic as well when you start this process. And um, they offer all sorts of different support systems. There's Facebook groups of women that have mm. used donors and things. And that didn't really appeal to me. I think some women it does, but you know, there's all sorts of different setups if people want to feel connected to community through through that. Didn't really appeal you didn't to me. need it, yeah. yeah. And I think it sounds like you had support from your yeah. friends, from your mom, yeah. And you know, where maybe some women that go through this, they really are alone. Yeah. And if you are, then that community might be very yeah, uh, advantageous to them. Yeah. Um, so after having your first daughter and taking her home from the hospital without a partner by your side, did you have any fears or second thoughts? Like walk us through the inner dialogue that was going on in your head. No, no second thoughts. I've never second guessed this process or this family setup for myself. Um, I do a lot of thinking before I make decisions, probably to the point of exhaustion sometimes. <laughs> Overthinking. And then it's done and I don't think about it anymore. Um no, so my, my daughter had a medical condition when she was born, so I was really just focused on that. I think we've talked about that. Uh, just, I was too focused on other things to really think about what I just did. I've got a baby now. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, it comes back to, you have to be sure. You have to be sure this is the right setup for you. You have to be sure that you can do this. Um, there's nobody coming in the middle of the night. Nobody is coming to save you. <laughs> Um, and that still stands, but it's, yeah, you better be sure. Like any mom, I mean, normal things you get home, you're like, oh my gosh, this kid, can I breastfeed? Do I bottle feed? What do I do? Why aren't they sleeping? And that's still to this day. It's like now she only eats white rice and white (laughs) pasta and she wants nothing but butter on it. Like that does change. Oh, please tell me it changes. It's so frustrating. It is easy though. Yeah. It's (laughs) very, very easy. Yeah. Yeah, so really, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is, yeah, it's not like you you gave birth and you're taking her home and it's like, can I give her back? Yeah. It's like you went through the same emotions and feelings that yes. any mother would. You yes. you just didn't maybe have the masculine support sure. or the support of a, of a partner yeah. that you would usually have. So things like dragging those garbage bins out is like yes. the bane of my existence sometimes. <laughs> I'm so tired. I don't want to do things like that. That if I had a partner, that yes. di- the division of labor around the house. Yeah. And of course, other things that yes. come with a husband. But those are the things that you think, oh, this would be so nice if I had someone else to do this. But you can always hire somebody. You can. You yeah, can delegate. most things. Yeah. And so that must have been like a factor too. Like, so you were 32 when you first started thinking about it. But like being financially set up mm. because you knew that you were going to be a single parent. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have the support, the, the time more, the time support and emotional support of a parent or 
of a friend, but the financial support. So walk us through where those question or the, did you ask yourself those things like, am I ready to be the pure financial support of a family and start that? Like, was there a waiting period to ensure that you were there? No, I think, um, I mean, I still think about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I still think about, you know, how am I, I've got now the second one on the way. Am I saving enough? Am I going to be able to put them both through? What if they want to do a second degree of schooling? What about vacations? I want to give them money for a first home. Like all of these things that you want to do for your children. Um, I still think about those things, but I I don't think that, uh, within reason anyways, that financial financial should play uh, that big of a part into it. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that sacrifice a lot to have children. Um, as long as you're providing a roof over their head, food, clothing, you know, a happy existence, safe existence, um, do you always want more and the mm-hmm. best for your kids? Of course. But no, it didn't. It, the second one is a little more of a question mark on all fronts. But yeah, financially, it's uh, you want to make sure there's there's a lot that goes into it. There's I mean, diapers, formula, fruit. These kids eat fruit. Like, I can forget it. You're buying organic. That's all you're spending your money on now. Yeah, it's so Organic true. fruit. So, um, no, of course, you factor in all those things in the, in the thought process. So fast forward three and a half years later, you're pregnant mm-hmm. with your second daughter, mm-hmm. due very soon. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. Because that's a major. What I remember Thank when you. I first heard, I was like, that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> So is it different this time around for you? And if so, explain, because you've already gone through this. So, and again, like maybe this is a question just that you could ask any mother, regardless of whether they have a partner, but you know, what is, how has the process been different for you? So deciding to have a second was more like I, I knew I'd love to have another child, but could I just be with my one daughter? Yes. I wanted it more for her, I think, than I did for myself. Of course, I'm happy and, and that, but it's a different, there's a bit of a different reason this time. I, very close with my brother growing up, um, we, you know, I lost my dad when we were younger and the family we had, the friends we had around that support was wonderful, but nobody got it like my brother. Nobody understands the family dynamic like your brother, like your siblings. Um, so I wanted that for my daughter, mostly. And yeah, a second kid would be great for me too. But the thought process around it and can I do it? The first one I knew I could do standing on my head with my eyes closed. The second one I feel still, we may have bitten off a little bit more than I can chew, but we're in it now, so we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just different this time. I, I was so methodical and planned everything the first time I was ready at this one I'm like I think I have a crib <laughs> on sheets and I'll figure it out I'm for sure have a car seat somewhere like you know it's what, more just rolling with I think is it's that the normal same. okay it's yeah totally the yeah. same that's yeah. just like I remember having Ophelia and we're both in real estate and I'm like I was just growing my business at that time I mean that was 10 years ago and I was like how am I ever going to do this this is going how am I going to be a good mom and how am I going to grow my business and then you have your first and then this is the same fear with your second. Like, how am I going to manage this? Am I going to have time for my business? Am I going to be able to grow? Yeah. And then you just do. You it just, just do. happens. Yeah. yeah. And I get that question a lot. How are you going to ABC? And I, I don't really have an answer for you. I just know yeah. that I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because there's really no other choice. Yeah. There's no other choice. I'm just going to do it. Yes. Um, you know, 
and the, the people I'm back kind of to the what we we're talking yes. about with having community and support and everything is people do ask me I don't know how you do this all by yourself well I don't yes I don't I have yeah. a, a people around me I have great colleagues you know family everything like nobody does it by themselves takes a village yeah so I got to find that car seat and I think I'll be set for the second one <laughs> back to your original question and, and maybe like I don't know maybe like a backup bottle or yeah. you know you might need yeah. a few of those things some diapers a and some blanket white babies. or something babies need very little to be loved you know that's the thing I way overdid it with the first I one did too because I wanted I was just thinking I've got to have everything if I have everything it'll be easier if I have 15 different chairs throughout my house and I will for sure have an extra set of, set of hands you don't need all you that. You don't. No, babies way need very, it. very little. And then they go through whatever they like for three weeks, and then it's useless. Yeah, that's, so, it's so true. Yeah. So I have to ask, um, because you, again, you started this journey, well, four to five years ago probably mm-hmm. is when you actually started it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what is dating like? And, <laughs> and have you been able to, or have you just kind of put that aside in your life for now so I put it aside when mm-hmm. I was pregnant and then that first two years year and a half probably um, and then I started to date again a bit more nothing serious but casually uh, and I was starting to enjoy it again and then I wasn't sure if I was gonna have a second one so I started to date a bit more, and then, boom, all of a sudden, I have a second one on the way, and dating's on the back burner again. So, so when you're dating, though, like, okay, dating's on the back burner yeah. for you because yeah. you're just, you're, you're, you know, focusing on your, on your girls and your business, mm-hmm. but, like, when you were dating, and you're, obviously, you're telling, you know, you're disclosing mm-hmm. your story to guys, like, what is their reaction? Um, I think some of them are relieved that you don't have an ex to deal with I think that that's I've gotten fair. that response before oh that's wonderful but you're thinking oh yeah you like that because I don't have an ex-husband that you have to deal with here um but then there's also nobody to step in for date nights all the time like my I don't have a week off yes right so there's yeah. that uh nobody seemed too offended by it or concerned about it. and if they did they can take a yeah, hike that's because, right yeah I don't want to be with anyone like that anyways um, yeah, I think people are generally okay with it. Men are generally okay with it. I think there's just weird guys that want to date you now when you're like six months pregnant. That is, <laughs> that is a, a strange weird. thing. That, that's yeah. a little weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is something that I want to, you know, this is a part of my life that I, I'm going through now, that I'm enjoying now. But once the second baby is kind of up and running yes um and I've got a bit more free time it's something that I want to pursue more and I want a life partner I want a husband who is a you know a good partner to me and is a a positive influence in my daughter's lives I want somebody to travel with and all that it's not that I didn't want that to begin with it's just the window felt like it was closing that's right so here I am wow well I (laughs) you know what when I, I remember talking to Ash originally and when she had first told me what you were doing and it was, I was just like, wow, like it's, um, it, I think like it is, you have to be pretty ballsy. Like you, you really do. Because I think for me growing up, I always had this picture of what the perfect life is. And it was like finding the husband and having the house, with the white picket fence yeah. and the dog. And, and so for me to then have that mind shift to say, 
I haven't met a guy and I want to be a, a mom bad enough that I'm willing to do it on my own. Like that to me, that is just a really huge step. Like it's a really big shift in what you you envisioned for your life. Because mm-hmm. same thing with me is I had that white picket fence growing up and my mom and dad were high school sweethearts and I had, you know, my brother and I, and it was just, that's what I've always envisioned for my life too. But then it was, it wasn't happening. I was thinking, okay, I've got to make some adjustments here. I don't know if it's, maybe it's ballsy or crazy or a little (laughs) bit of both. And I don't know. You just, I think it's so important to, it's the cliche that life's short and da, 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 but you really need to take control of whether it's kids or goals in your life or that trip you want to take or that thing you want to do at work, you have to go and get it. It's not going to come find you. It's just not. So kids was one of those things for me. And um, there's a, you know, there's sacrifice that comes with that dating, mm-hmm. uh, work, friends and stuff, traveling, like, but if that's what you want, then go get it. That's right. Yeah. So and, and so let's chat, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners, um, that this is resonating with too. It's like, well, how does she manage? So let's dive into that a little bit because you are self-employed, you are a successful realtor. And so how, like, what does your day-to-day look like with with one now and managing that business? And how are you able to? Because real estate, especially in this market, Mm -hmm. is so demanding. Mm -hmm. It is. So what does that look like when you have clients that say, hey, Caitlin, like there's a house that just came up and we want to see that. And you have to go home to be a mom. Yeah, and I think you and I talked about this recently is is how to manage that all and when you have to jump now in real estate in, in a market that moves so quickly. Um, support, a lot of support. Nanny, mom, friends, like, or, you know, there's the odd time I've just had to take her because you just got to make it work. Um, I don't like doing that because it's not really fair to her. I don't find it very professional <laughs> either, but... Um, yeah, you got to make it work. I don't know. You just do it. You The day-to-day, you get up. You have to schedule is super important. Um, you have to have your days set. And then you also have to have boundaries, too, because if not, life will run over that. And I don't ever want her to be second to anything. So I try and have my day with her. doesn't always work out, but more or less, that's our day together. Um, and I'm pretty firm on it. And uh, other than that, you just kind of... You set yourself up for success and hopefully it works. I don't I don't know what else to tell you. Well it's planning, it's yeah, planning like. and planning and and support. And again, not yeah, that you can massive. always plan in real estate when a client calls you to do an evaluation because they want to list the next day or there's a house, it's two o'clock and a house comes up and they need to see it at five before there's twenty offers. Yeah, and, fine. and you know, so <laughs> but you it sounds like the there that's where the support comes in. Yeah, it is. It's massively about the support and, and just having the you know, backup plan. And if you don't have the backup plan, then you, I don't know, figure something else out. And I think too, like for your clients that know you, you know, if you had to bring your daughter, I agree. I mean, that would not be my preference from a, from a fairness standpoint to my daughter or from a professional standpoint, but that old saying desperate times calls for desperate measures. Like there are a handful of times, but if it's, um, you know, the market's moving the way it is and 
people want to see it and this is what it, you know, it's got to be today, then yeah. that's what it's got to be. And I'm be sure today. they respect you for that. Like, I'm sure there's a, you know, like it's not, again, not like you're taking your every day, but if yeah. there is the odd time. Oh, yeah, people it, love it. Oh, yeah. you should bring her more yeah. often. I'm like, yeah, she really wants to be doing this right now. <laughs> I don't brag with a bunch of candy to come yeah, here. Totally. Yeah, totally. And so do you, do any of your clients like ever, they're like, do they ever ask any questions? Or are they ever curious? Or I have Sometimes they, I find people don't want to pry yeah. too much, and I don't really offer it up. It's not uh, the right setting generally. Yes. If I see an opportunity, or if they do ask, it's not something I hide. But um, um, I had one lady recently tell me she said, uh, I guess I had said something about being a single mom, and she she we got to know each other a bit further, and she'd asked about my daughter's father, and I said, oh, you know what? Actually, he's a donor for her. Oh, thank God. I felt so bad for you when you said you were a single mom. <laughs> yeah, because you're pregnant. Yes. Yeah, and I'm pregnant. So she's thinking, oh, she, this poor woman just this got left just in the dust. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, there's so. Sometimes you probably have to find the comedy in, yeah, in that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, there is some humor. <laughs> there's definitely some humor. So I think it, she felt like a sigh of relief, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because I hadn't been, like, left in yeah, the dust left by somebody. <laughs> pregnant with a toddler. <laughs> Caitlin, what advice would you give to our listeners who may want to go down the path of insemination or IUI? Do your research. Start the process. If it's something that you're considering, it takes a while. Um, You'll get a good feel for whether or not you want to pursue that. I think the more you look into it, um, the logistics is the easy part. You know, you just need to know that that's what you want. Um, But I think if you want it and there's... you know, nothing, nothing should stop you. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing you will ever do. You never wake up as a mom, whether you're with someone or not, being like, oh, I made a huge, huge mistake here by doing this. No. And so I think more women, uh, I know that, you know, I've got family members or people that I've talked to in my life that really wanted kids and they it's a regret that they've had by not. Yes, and I've I heard that a lot. This has become more common, women being able to do this on their own. And so I, I just am so sad when I hear that somebody has, you know, kind of passed that point in their life um, and they wish they had done it. Because it just, yeah, it's such an amazing mm-hmm. gift. Yeah, it is. I, yeah. I remember saying to Chad, you know, when we were talking about having a family, and I'm six years younger than Chad, and I was so nervous and I'd say, well, let's just, let's wait another year. And then it was another year and let, let's wait another year. And then I think I was 31 and I realized, you know, we need to start because I didn't know if I was going to get pregnant mm-hmm. easy or mm-hmm. miscarry or go through all of those things. I had four miscarriages in a year yeah. and, and there's, there was never a good time. There's always a reason to wait. You know, I'm growing my career. We don't have time. We like to travel, all of these things, but what I realized is your kids just fit into yeah. your lifestyle. I was just going to say know? that. You can do all of those you things. You can. Still. You can do all of those things. If travel's important, you just... Yeah, you were in Mexico, uh, I don't know if it was a year or so ago. I left her. I went to Mexico to party for Oh, you did? Oh, I love that. But that's important for I our listeners, her. too, to yeah. hear. Yeah, I and went to... you did to... that on your own, and you got a break. Yes, and yeah. That's I, right. I do remember. Trip, but yeah. yeah, I did. I went, and I, I... It was the first time I was like had let loose a bit it was great we had a great time but I did I took her and I went to French Polynesia for a couple weeks and Mm. but you can do these things and you just have to adjust you take a little bit longer of a break you take three hours at the airport instead of two hours or 
you pack a buy a stroller that folds up to the size of a little you know bookcase <laughs> or a little like a book um you just figure it out yes. but you can still do all those things yes. you can still do they can fit into your life it doesn't mean your life doesn't need to stop and what has been one of the biggest challenges for you as a single mom and this could be asked for any single mm-hmm. mom whether they had a spouse or at one time or not but if you could think of say one of the biggest challenges that you've maybe had to overcome what would that be um i don't even know if i've overcome it. it's it's trying to wear all the hats so you want to discipline but you don't want to you, you still want to be like the kind parent you want to do all of all of it um as one person and i don't know that that is possible i think you know, I just try, especially right now, she's three, so she pushes back on a lot. But, um, <laughs> you know, trying to find a balance to to be everything to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as you can be anyways. Yeah, so because that's you... been challenging a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's something you overcome, though. I just try and... I don't know if you overcome it, because, I mean, even having a spouse that he kind of, you know, levels the parenting style, you know, he mm-hmm. does things, you know, he's sometimes the softer version I'm more of the you know Mm -hmm. disciplinary but then it's funny because the girls really know when Chad means business because when he means business he he becomes the disciplinary and then they're like oh my god dad's serious we're really in trouble (laughs) whereas mom's just that way like that way all the time (laughs) but yeah I don't know I think that that's you know that that is just challenging and there's going to be points in your times in your kid's life where you really have to parent and lay down the law and then there's a time where you're really soft with them and really gentle if they're going through a struggle and mm-hmm. I find you know that I do I do a lot of that you know on, on I don't want to say on a daily basis but on a weekly basis yeah, yeah. I mean so I think that's any parent any mom whether single or not it's trying to just you want to do everything right yeah yeah yeah, we do, don't we? And we oftentimes mess it up, but that's yeah. the beautiful thing <laughs> about that. <laughs> I actually asked uh, Ophelia about a week ago for her forgiveness. Oh. And I said, I, I'm sorry, and yeah. I made a mistake. Yeah. And, you know, will you forgive me? Yeah. Because we mess up. I've done it. I've already, yeah, yeah she's three, and I've said, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I made a mistake. So, yeah. And that's we're okay. Human. Yeah. We are human. Yeah. What is Caitlin most proud of today? Today, being on this podcast today. I know, this was like, I was so honored. This is like your... Yes, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. But uh, yeah, today I'm, like I said, a private person generally. So this is a big step for me. Um, Don't expect too much more of it. This is amazing. We're almost (laughs) done. You're doing great. Um, But just taking something that I wanted to do and making it a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being on the podcast, obviously. (laughs) And what do you vow to yourself in life? Hmm, this is a tough one. Um, to make room for the things that I still want in addition to being a mom. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to to make those also a priority in life, whether that's travel or relationship or um, I'm really focused in on my girls and work right now, girl, girl and a half right now. <laughs> and uh, I want, you know, when I turn two years from now and I'm 40, that, I want to shift a little bit back mm-hmm. to me and uh, make room for, for some of that stuff I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because just because you're a single mom and you have, you know, taken the bull by the horns and done it on yourself doesn't mean you, you know, you don't, you still don't want to find that perfect soulmate yeah. for you. Like companionship, yeah. 
That's very important it's to me. It's very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just because yeah. I haven't found it yet or I've kind of cut this part out of my life to, to have babies doesn't mean I still don't want, mm-hmm. like I want that for myself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I just, uh, well, I'm really excited to meet your new Second little girl. Thank yeah. You. That's And what, what is your due date? The 24th of September. Wow. So yeah. that's, uh, you know, fastly approaching. Yeah. It's yeah. a lifetime away for me right now. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think once once they're still in there, it's like you just sometimes you even forget that you're pregnant, right? Because you're just day to day. You're being a mother. You're yeah. working. You're doing you know all of those things that you yeah that you just do in a day. Till you walk by somebody on a patio drinking a bottle of rosé and you're like, <laughs> fifteen more weeks. <laughs> Not that I'm so counting true. now. <laughs> or, or the fact that you can't see your vagina yeah. right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> I know. I was reminded of that today, actually. My daughter. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Caitlin. Gosh. Well, we always like to spotlight a charity of choice. Is there a charity that you would like to spotlight today? Uh, the Diabetes Foundation is great. Um, I told you my daughter had medical stuff mm-hmm. when she was born, so she had uh, uh, neonatal transient diabetes when she was little so the children's um endocrine endocrine clinic does a lot of great work there for families and um, diabetes canada is part of that and is she how's her health today good yeah good. so she the transient part of it is she's grown out of it wow that's um, wonderful yes so fingers crossed the data suggests that she'll get it back when she's a teenager but that's okay it's much more manageable at yes 13 14 15 than it is when she's a baby three months yeah and yeah yeah i remember yeah, you know um chatting with you and ash about that mm-hmm. and i just thought oh good lord she's not only done this on her own and now she's <laughs> she's an expert she's, in diabetes she's an expert <laughs> in diabetes <laughs> yeah. but you got through it yeah 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 it was crazy but here's an example of you just do it i knew nothing about diabetes i it's not in my family this was not anything to do with gestational diabetes she just had a genetic thing that um she had diabetes when she was born her body wasn't producing insulin so I knew nothing, but crash course in the diabetes clinic every day with the children's. They set me up. I took her home. We had insulin pumps. We had glucose monitors, needles, pills, all the, and she was like five pounds and change, and you just do it. You, you just figure it out, right? And how old was she when you realized that that was going to be kind of behind her now? Um, I want to say she was about four months at that point. Okay. Um, she gradually, her, um, needed, she needed less insulin. Um, to kind of keep her leveled out and then uh, just kind of over the course of a week it just started to level out on its own and I thought oh my gosh we're out of this because they didn't know it's just such a rare thing they didn't know what it was going to be and yeah and then I thought oh my gosh we're in the clear here so every time she's a little off I think it's back but uh, it's not yeah she's good she's good she's good well, Caitlin, like I said, I'm honored that uh, we were the platform for you to kind of come out and uh, share your share your story. Because I know I'm out this, there now. You're out there I'm now. Out there. And I know this was something that you did not take lightly. This is something that has taken oh. like years to, to decide <laughs> yeah, to, years, to really publicly speak about. But I do believe it's a beautiful story of desire Thank and you. love and tenacity and strength and bravery and no it's true and I I truly believe that our listeners will um, gain a lot of insight and that you will likely inspire some people to uh, step out so I hope so yes thank you for having me I'm honored to be a part of your vow community Uh, thanks Caitlin
Thank you for listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. We hope that this episode has inspired you. If you want more information on The Vow, visit our website at voiceofwomen.ca. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread the stories.